It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. We only have 100 days left until the 2022 midterms and we need to make everyone count. We know how high the stakes are in these midterms. Abortion is on the ballot. Climate is on the ballot. Our basic freedoms and ability to make our voices heard to protect them are on the ballot. Head to votesaveamerica.com midterms to take our Count Me In pledge to volunteer the weekend of July 31st and become part of our Midterm Madness program to get involved in the most important elections in 2022 from the Senate to your local school board. Welcome to Pod Save America. I'm John Favreau. I'm John Lovett. I'm Tommy Vitor. I'm Dan Pfeiffer. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And welcome to the pod. we got all four of us here. On today's show, we're going to answer 2021's last round of mailbag questions, revisit 2020's New Year resolutions, and set some new ones for 2022, and present the second annual Pundi Awards for the absolute worst takes of 2021. Busy show, lots to do. A lot going on here. Very exciting. We'll when, get to it. When does this come out? December. Right. Fucking <laughs> 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 <Thanks>. idiot. <laughs> couple days before New Year's. A right, couple cool. days before New Year's. Great. That's Andy. Andy's nodding. Leave it all in. I want Thank everyone you, Andy, to know for being uh, for being helpful. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's start with some of your questions. Uh, we want to do mostly fun questions, but because so many of you have asked about student loans and student debt, uh, we will start there. Uh, Background. In March of 2020, the CARES Act paused all student loan repayments because of the pandemic. Payments were supposed to start again on September 30th, 2021, but Joe Biden extended the pause until January 31st, 2022. But last week, the White House said he's not extending it again, which means people will have to start repaying their loans in February. Separately, Biden still hasn't kept his campaign promise to cancel up to $10,000 in student debt for every borrower. Guys, what gives? What's going on? I have a theory. You have a theory. Tommy has a theory. I mean, I think judging by Joe Biden's public statements, he thinks he's not a big fan of this proposal, even though he made it. I think he thinks it's overly weighted towards wealthier people who paid for college. I'm not saying that's accurate or the right way to look at it, but I think that's what he thinks. I've also just assumed that he wanted to get Build Back Better done first so that Joe Manchin wouldn't see the price tag on student loan debt relief and like start crying about it and like throw like a tantrum and bang his rattle on the ground of the Senate and then refuse to pass the bill. That's so my gut. I think that I think that's all right on the um, on the canceling debt. I almost want to st- I want to separate the two. I want to start with the um, the the 
pause on the payments because you could imagine the White House saying, you know what, the whole idea of pausing the the repayments on the debt was about getting people through the pandemic. The pandemic is very much still with us. So instead of ending it at the end of January, we will continue to another three or four or five months. Uh, What do you think, Dan? I think there, I am very confused by the politics of this, but there is this tension in their messaging, which is the economy, despite the short-term challenges of inflation, is doing great historic job creation. We save the economy. Also, we need these emergency measures at the same time. And I think that that is a place that they have found, I think, is a navigable piece of tension, but it is tension within their message. I think that there's an obvious compromise, which is you continue to suspend payments for everyone except for people who have debt from an MBA, because I don't care about them. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a great proposal, honestly. What should happen? I think that they should obviously extend the pause for another couple months. It's and I don't look, if someone has a good reason, Is I there was, a court ruling that maybe made that hard that you think of the homeowners. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. So th- this is what I'd love to know. Smart people out there, because I tried to look uh, look this up before the episode. If not, there is not a, at this table, if there is a legal <laughs> reason for not uh, being able to extend or the Biden administration or, or why the Biden administration thinks they shouldn't extend uh, the pause then let me know. But if there's no legal reason that I don't think there is a good substantive reason or political reason, certainly for not extending it. And then when you get to the canceling up to $10,000 in student debt for every borrower, I do think, Tommy, that's probably like, you know, let's give them until the uh, the build back better <laughs> passes yeah. on that one. And then once that passes, we don't know what the education department actually, it's supposed to be under review with the education department, whether Biden has the authority of course, we don't want them to get into the situation they got in with the um, the housing extension, uh, the eviction moratorium, where Biden administration extended the eviction moratorium. Ev- everyone celebrated and the courts were like, absolutely not. Fuck you. And so, it you know, it, it did help some people for a month or so, but didn't give a lot of relief. I see there is a double whammy here because there are people who both are depending on the continued pause in student loan payments and depend on the expanded child tax credit. And both those things are going away this month. So there's going to be a section of the population who's going to get hit with a huge bill in January absent action. Yeah. yeah. And my, my fear about waiting for BBB to pass is my, my dad used to have this New Yorker cartoon on his fridge where a guy was making plans. And he said, uh, how about never? Is never good for you? Um, and I worry about that dynamic here. It's a classic I, cartoon. It's a classic. <laughs> it's a real classic. I do too. And look, a lot of people are angry about this. And I totally understand that. And people should keep pushing the Biden administration very hard on this. And people should keep making noise about it. Like, I think it's it's a totally fair criticism. And they, they have not talked a lot about it. And they should give people some answers as to why they can't do it or else they should do it. I mean, I think here's the other thing. I think um, extending the uh, pause won't make him less popular. Right. Here, there's, there is that as well. All right. All right. Um, we will elegantly segue into the fun questions with this transition one. Joshua asks, would you rather go up against one large Kirsten Cinema or a hundred tiny Joe Mansions? This is so easy. Oh, well, t- okay. Is it? A hundred <laughs> tiny Joe Mansions, because if there's like a tiny thing coming at you, you get to just drop kick them into oblivion. There's so, so many. It becomes a kind of, I think people sometimes underestimate just how tiring it would be to take on a hundred small enemies. So like practice, go, join a club soccer team for a month or something i also just think joe having a conversation with joe one joe mansion clearly has exhausted <laughs> dozens of democratic senators they've literally they literally seem completely out of out of juice and i don't care how small your joe mansion is <laughs> the arguments are not going to get worse you know what i mean they're not going to get better they're not going to get worse it's maybe a slightly higher pitch you get a pitch for cinema dan well she has i would say a couple things one 
Joe Manchin's, whether large or small, are easily distracted. <laughs> right, so sure. it's just like, yo, no labels conference over there. They would all just leave you alone. <laughs> Sprinkle some coal. And Kirsten Sinema has shown such a commitment to her physical fitness that she is willing to miss key Senate votes for it. So that yeah, would cause me some concern. Yeah, you get caught with a thumbs down. You're you're done. Also, if it's a hundred Joe Mansions, does that mean he has all those votes? Then that would then we'd be in real trouble. I'm just making one of Kirsten Cinema's outfits would mean there wouldn't be enough fabric for all the Chicos in the world. You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah, I think constantly. I think we have now officially exhausted the answer to this fun question. Jay Freeze. That, that was for Andy. The- Andy. <laughs> Jay Friesen asks. As a Starbucks barista, I'm curious to know, what's your everyday coffee order and what's your treat-yourself coffee order? Thank you for asking. Well, I'll go first. <laughs> um, uh, it's, just a, it's just sort of a classic all-American drink. No big deal. Triple espresso and extra ice with three pumps sugar-free vanilla and a splash of half and half. Um, I will read you mine because I have it in front of me right now. It's a venti americano, a uh, splash of cream, five pumps of sugar-free vanilla, and five two Splenda. Uh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's a venti. It's a venti. Uh, I just want to say, some are, you, of the, are you in the movie Elf? That's disgusting. <laughs> some of the worst moments of my life have either been, A, early mornings in Penn Station, or B, getting coffee for you and having to fucking say five <laughs> pumps of skinny vanilla latte out loud. Well, do you want to know my, why, um, wait, you want to know my treat yourself? Why? why? What, what is it about your masculinity? disgusting. Why? It's not is, my masculinity. What is it about makes what, you comfortable? Why, why do you go to a gen- gendered place on this question? <laughs> Can't it just be disgusting tasting? How mm, dare you? Why don't you want to say it? Vanilla is mm. delicious. Is it better help, Ed? Vanilla is delicious. <laughs> Um, my treat yourself coffee order is from Dunkin' Donuts. It's a large Dunkin' with just a French vanilla Dunkin'. With uh, we don't even need sugar in that well, because so that you want it, you think you think sugar free vanilla syrup in Starbucks is bad. Just wait till you get to oh, wait you get to French vanilla Dunkin' Donuts. I, That's the good shit. That's you can good smell right that there. shit a hundred miles away. I know. Yeah, it's I like know. it's like benzene. The uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's gross. I will say my, what's really pathetic is my treat version of that drink. It's just one extra pump of sugar-free vanilla. That's the level. <laughs> it's so dark. Uh, Tommy and Dan, shout you out, guys don't, shout you... out, Jeremy, my 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 Your barista Bell. friend. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the I I don't really go out to coffee anymore because we you guys know why. Uh, but back in the day when I was painting houses, the the best tree drink was the extra large Dunkin' iced with like an inch of sugar at the bottom and extra cream. Cool, Dan. In a weird way, I only started drinking coffee five years ago. So after I left the White House. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. What were you drinking in the White House in the morning? Well, I was drinking diet soda, which is fucking disgusting and uh, may have contributed to a, at least one trip to the hospital. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Um, Good flag. I have no, I only drink basically plain black coffee. It's just caffeine. It is flavored caffeine. It has no, I don't, if I'm treating myself, I'm not doing it with coffee. Alexa asks thoughts on the succession finale. It was sort of in line with your guesses for who would actually succeed. That's right. Dan and I talked about this on the pod. Um, I mean, first of all, spoilers, 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 stop the pod, throw your phone out the window. We're recording pod save the world. And Ben's just like, how would you think of the scene uh, when Kendall's floating? He's dead. It's like, ah, very, 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 very bad. bad. (laughs) Who wants to go? Who wants to start? I thought it was exquisite. Oh, wow. More DVs often. Yeah. And just was searching for one that would really get there. I'll say this. First of all, I loved it. Second, I am glad that there was a bit of a Jeremy Strong discourse before the finale because I have never felt more convicted of, in my view, that that whole thing was a bunch of bullshit. Jeremy Strong is great. 
I'm glad he does weird shit like ask for personal props to help him get into character. This town is filled with people who don't give a fuck, who are cynical and are doing it for the paycheck. About their art. But not Jeremy Strong. Jeremy Strong showing up on days when he's not in the scene to cry at funerals he is not supposed to attend. <laughs> that fucking rules. Jeremy Strong rules. I want to hear a bad word about him. Oh, he cares too much. Is that our problem as a culture? Yeah, that's not our problem. We need more Jeremy Strongs in Congress. The, the scene when they were sitting... The scene Maybe we not have so many problems. The scene when they're sitting on the ground and he goes from disclosing that he murdered someone to them making fun of it is one of the best moments of TV. I do wonder, okay, we've done several seasons of this now. How do we sustain this show in another season? I, I'm, I'm a little anxious about it on their behalf. I feel like four seasons you can definitely do. I'm, I'm wondering about five because now I think I think season four is either the kids maintain their alliance that they just started against against Logan or that alliance falls apart because they're all assholes like within the first couple episodes. But either you you could see either happening. I will go with these people wherever they want me to go. Me too. I will yeah. sit with I them. them. There could be a, there could be a whole season where they just go to some sort of like retreat vacation spot and argue for a week i don't care i'm in the one thing about this season that i was worried about is i love when they just go to like rich people places and you know it's just like when they like we're gonna go to italy and now we're gonna go to lake cuomo i guess it was lake cuomo and now we're going to switzerland like that the season was missing that until the end i was really happy about that dan go ahead love the show one thing i give two shits about who eventually takes over the dying right-wing cable company do not yeah. care, right? It's not Agreed. like not like reading totally the tea agree. leaves to figure that out. Like if they want to keep it on for twenty years, we just get to hang out with these people and, like you said, go to fun places where they make fun of each other. Great, I'm in. When I was uh, working on the newsroom, I said something that made Aaron Sorkin so um, upset, which was, we "Sir, t- I want to be the first to inform you that we killed Osama bin Laden." <laughs> that was my thing. I was like, "Hey, what if they're on a plane and they have to tell people that Osama bin Laden was killed?" But uh, what if you played "Fix You" towards sorry, the end? Sorry, no, but I um. Uh, we were having some sort of debate about what the show was going to do, and it was like a very high drama debate about what they were going to air on the Jeff Daniels program on their network. And everybody and and like it was going to be heated, and it was going to be this like, debate about the future of the news. And I, I was like, "Hey, I just want to remind everybody that in this world, what we're talking about here." is uh, the opportunity to make a really great episode of Rachel Maddow. So maybe we should just chill out a little bit. <laughs> like that's what this is about. And I love Rachel Maddow, but like, let's, uh, like, I don't know how dramatic this music needs to be. <laughs> you didn't exactly Jeremy Barr that episode. Right? So, yeah. Jeremy um, Strong. Shit. Fuck. One more uh, television-related follow-up here from Josephine. How excited is Tommy for season two of Emily in Paris? Pretend Look, you won't be. I, I realize I did this to myself. I just want to clarify that I thought the show was it was like a B, it was a B minus. It entertained mm-hmm. me. It didn't challenge me in any way. The, there are barely conflicts to resolve. Tommy, so I will probably watch it. And you guys. I will probably watch it, yes. I will probably watch it. I, you like the show. There was you a enjoy pandemic. the show. There was a pandemic. You okay. like it. You so, will watch it more. So we sure. just came from a period of outstanding television. And uh, I've been out of television to watch. So Emily agreed. I started Emily in Paris because I had missed it the first time. And Emily's like, okay, I'll watch it again. And we got a couple episodes in and we're like, mm, can't do it. <laughs> I want to thank the producers of Emily yeah, in Paris for sending us all bucket hats, by the way. That was really weird. appreciate that. Really great bucket hats. Listen, it's better than the fucking Sex in the City reboot. Oh, Every, no. I mean, that's, that's a, just, just... That's an unholy text. It's just absolutely terrible. <laughs> that's like it's That show is terrible. like um, someone wished on a genie, uh, but broke the rules and brought something back from the dead. You know? <laughs> It was like, I, like, could this get worse than when they went to Abu Dhabi? Sure could. It sure can. <laughs> uh, Wendy asks, 
What do you really, really want for Christmas that isn't connected to politics? Nothing. <laughs> not the age where I asked for nothing. My wife gave me a laptop bag. I'm very, I'm happy about it. I, mean, I probably should buy a new sweatshirt since you see me in the same shit five times a week. What kind of laptop bag? Is that the one you had yesterday? Yeah, it's in the. Oh, it's I like I'll, that. I'll, I'll it's nice. It. Yeah. I got Ronan a um a new uh, a new bag. That was I did I did, I did some recon. Did some, nice. Did some comparison shopping. I think it's Filson around. Maybe I don't mm. know. Dan, what do you want? Nothing. We're <laughs> <laughs> so, so boring. Uh, yeah, you I hit wanna... an age and you just don't ask for things. You know what I ask for is a uh, a Kindle, because um, oh, I love my Kindle. reading books on on the iPad doesn't work so well on the uh, on the distraction front. No, so so basically, a lot of other things uh, are happening on that. If you want to even read more books, you need a Kindle and then some kind of a surgery, new personality, <laughs> sever, your, <laughs> sever your corpus callosum or something. <laughs> we'll see if it works. We'll see if it works. Tune in next year. Tough but fair. <laughs> Tune huh? into next year's mailbag. Um, Libby Lee on Instagram asks, what is a Christmas movie you never get sick of? Die Hard. Die Hard. Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. Uh, that's a good night. one. Every, I, know, I know almost every line to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I haven't watched it. You, watch, you watched it already? It was on, yeah, I put it on last night. Usually I watch it with my dad and brother who are huge fans as well. So one Can of my give favorites. It, give us some lines. I'm also. <laughs> if, we, if we could just if we could just cut in the uh, audio of Randy Quaid saying the shitter is full Shitter's here, that full. would be great. Yeah, unless, unless we're going to get sued for that. Rebecca asks, "What's your favorite holiday memory from the White House?" I guess mine was probably Obama used to do this staff dinner uh, every year. It was like the kind of the last day before he would go to Hawaii, and it was always like a really really nice, wonderful event, but. What I think probably the second to last year I was in the White House. I took my mom, which was like the greatest thing oh. that ever happened to her. Joe Biden, Delaware bonded with her over Delaware. Talked to her for like forty five consecutive minutes. It was it was very fun. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't get invited to some fucking staff dinner, but the White House <laughs> threw like a hundred amazing uh, Christmas parties for the plebs. Yep, and I invited my mom. <laughs> to uh, one of the pleb fests. <laughs> and I would say, joking aside, w- like I think going to any event in the like state dining room is like an unbelievably heady, cool experience, and it blew her mind. But then I walked her over through the colonnade to my office in the lower press office. Then we walked up to the Oval Office. We ran into Katie Johnson, who's our friend, who was Obama's secretary at the time. Obama hears us out there, calls us into the Oval, takes a picture, t- like hung out with my mom for a minute. And um, I think there's one... A, one of the things he got, I think, intuitively about the job is that 30 seconds of just basic decency to any human being can be one of the coolest moments of their life. And that's what happened there. That's so nice. That's nice. Yeah, we have a nice photo of it. I had a sort of embarrassing one, which is when um, in one of those staff dinners, they always have like a special guest and they had the Rockettes come. And somehow I got in a picture with Alyssa and all of the Rockettes in which awesome. I was kicking my leg up, as was Alyssa. Where is that picture? Uh, Alyssa has it. So Alyssa, uh, tweet it. I think she's yeah. I think she's posted it on Instagram before. It's, ha- it's happened a couple Good. times. The it's 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 also me when I shaved my head and was like ten pounds heavier. It's not great. It's, it's your, not a it's great your picture. Sec- it's your second worst picture. <laughs> third? Third. I think it's third. 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 I think we got two ahead. Hey, hey, leave now. me out of this. That was such a all weird right. dinner because it was Rockettes. John Bon Jovi playing Christmas music, and then Will Ferrell reading the night before Christmas. Oh, that's right. And he made no jokes. Did it straight from the text. Very serious reading. Alexandra asks, favorite Christmas Eve dish and or cocktail? Old-fashioned for me. Love an old-fashioned around Christmas. (laughs) Uh, I'm a wine guy, mostly around the holidays. 
Uh, Food-wise, my mom makes this appetizer where she mixes uh, cream cheese with this sort of like curry powder or something and then puts chutney and like chopped green onions on top and Whoa. you eat it. Oh, so it's his like, favorite meal before Christmas is cultural appropriation. It's the waspiest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's pretty waspy, but I guess you're right. Wow. <laughs> Dan? Uh, cocktail is used to be old-fashioned, but I have transitioned to paper planes, and so... Oh, those are good. Yeah. I had it's one like of those recently. offshoot of the, old, yeah. of the old-fashioned. Yeah, any kind of bourbon-based drink I'm a fan of. Um, Found a picture of Alyssa and Dan... Uh, Dan is asleep in the car next to her. It's on the Instagram here. Sorry. Good stuff. Um, all right. We got a lot of these. What video game is Love It looking forward to most? That's easy. Uh, early 2022, I believe February. Elden Ring. What's that? From the twisted minds of Dark Souls and Bloodborne and George R.R. R. Martin collaborating together. Miyazaki, George R.R. R. Martin together creating Elden Ring. I cannot wait. It's like, you're, it's like you're just speaking a different I language. So <laughs> I feel very left out. It's, I'm like, Mario 2? Mario 3? No, no. See, what Mario are we on? <laughs> when we get Look, those here's mushrooms. the thing. If you're hearing this, all right. You Zelda still kicking? If you're, a, if you're a Soulsborne person, all right, if you understand what I'm talking about, you know how exciting it is that in February of next year, we get a George R.R. R. Martin Miyazaki collab. You sure he finished it? Cannot. <laughs> I think this is yet another example of what he's done to procrastinate finishing those books. And you know what? I don't give a fuck about those books anymore. Yeah, no. I found out how that story ends, and it's just okay. <laughs> but Elden Ring, yes. Elden Ring. Dark Souls, the games for the true gamers. Charlotte knows what I'm talking about. Charlotte yeah. knows. You like Soulsborns? Yeah, but I'm not very good at it. No one is. No. They're really hard. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. 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 Elden well, Ring. Stay tuned. Cannot wait. You will um, not hear from me that N- weekend. NHLPA 94. <laughs> <laughs> NBA Jam 45. Is that where we're at now? All right. Tech Mobile. Mul- multiple asks for book recommendations. Dan and Tommy, you guys can take this one. Love you know it what? doesn't don't read. Su- don't. I no, do you're fucking go- read. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do read. Yeah, no, right. All right. Clara, Clara, your, your in the Clara in the Sun. Clara in the Sun. You go. Dan, you go first. Uh, two books. Uh, one, Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. And oh, good. Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby. Uh, both are sort of very, very well done uh, crime novels. Is the Colson Whitehead one new? I read, uh, was it Nickel Boys? Yeah, it, it came out this year. That was very good. Very dark, but very good. Uh, I was late on this, but I read The Sympathizer this year, I believe. Uh, it's as good as everyone said it was. It takes like 50 pages to get into because there's whatever. Uh, I'm reading Age of Ambition by Evan Osnos about his time living in China. It's very good. I have a couple books that I'm just like constantly slogging through. Uh, a Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking and then Reagan Land by Rick Perlstein. You guys have heard me talk about Rick before. <laughs> Basically what happens is I, uh, I I usually just get you know a little too high before bed and then I kind of toggle between whichever book my brain is sort of tuned to no, with so you, frequency. You know, read about the Reagan era while a little stoned. <laughs> <It's laughs> like, I, took, I took an edible and read Nixon Land. I, I think he wasn't very good. No, he's bad, yeah. That's what I took away. Uh, that's about all I got. I'm going to read Heather, Heather McGee's book that some of us has downloaded. It's a good I downloaded book. some books Great about book. AI because I feel like we talk about it and I should know what it is, but I haven't read them yet. <laughs> wow, good stuff. You got Knowing my tastes, um, and I want to read a book over the next couple of weeks. What do you got? Will you guys have a recommendation for me? Everybody what are you are you looking for fiction, nonfiction? Fiction. I'm looking for fiction and I kinda like Maybe start small like light fiction. Like I don't need I don't need something so heavy. I need something that's like Graphic a little novel. more fun. <laughs> something. Just something to get you in the habit. Get you into the habit. There's somebody who said anyway. something about AI and I'm gonna bastardize it, but it's something like 
AI is just a term for the next generation of computing that we don't have yet. Yeah. That like, oh, that's not AI. AI is this next thing. Artificial intelligence is the next thing. And then we have a, like, in the movie Mission Impossible, uh, Ving Rhames is like, I need some of those Pentium 5s thinking machines. And it's like, Pentium 5s, like, those are garbage to us. Yeah, that's just product <laughs> AI is just a word for, like, a computer that's a little better than the computers we have now. I wonder how true that is. Mm. I don't know. Elon Musk might disagree. John, Clara in the Sun, John. I Googled. Clara in the Sun. What is it? Best fiction. Clara in the Sun. Clara in the Sun? It's by uh, uh, Ishiguro, who's my favorite author. Okay. Beautiful story. It's an easy read. Great. Okay. I'm going to check it out. Thank you. When we come back, we will talk New Year's resolutions. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How do you cope when there's something weighing on you or something you need to get off your chest? You know the best way to do it? Best way to cope is to talk about it. Not just cram it down. Not do what generations of New Englanders have done. Just stuff their feelings down. Maybe cover it with a coat of booze. No. You got to talk to someone. You got to work it out. Get it off your chest. And just by doing that, you will feel better. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash PSA. Go today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P-S-A. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Guys, it's been a rough year. It's going to get rougher and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet. You could head to the local Tiki bar and tell the bartender, do your worst. But we have a better idea for you, which is pick out something from the Crooked store. The store is stocked with tons of new merch. It's perfect for the spring. And classics like the Friend of the Pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship, depending on how things go. Pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead, a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year, or a hat celebrating your favorite pod. Go to crooked.com slash store to shop. All right, let's finish 2021 with the worst takes of the year. And our second annual edition of Pod Save America's Pundi Awards is Crooked Media's chief take officer, Elijah Cohn, says, defend your takes like they're your family, because at the end of the day, 
your takes are all that you have. <laughs> it's just all right. Let's um who has a nominee a nomination for a really bad take for uh twenty twenty one. Who wants to start? I Tommy's chomping one. at the bit. I got one right here. There's the normal stuff the presidents are required to talk about, like, oh, the so and so of Finland is coming today, or the NSC has somehow tricked us into announcing our new Asia strategy this week. We gotta talk about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like all that other stuff that it has importance in the world, I guess. Dan Pfeiffer to Asia, you have importance, I guess. <laughs> what I like about that is also, Tommy to Dan Pfeiffer, I listen to you at 1.5 speed if you're lucky. Of course, yeah. You're just psycho if you listen to one. Dan is not pivoting to Asia. There will, There is no Asia strategy for Dan. No, I, st- I, stand, I stand by that take. America first. Bad take from Dan coming in right under the wire. That was a yesterday take on Pod Save America. I'll do Sorry, two, I'll do two of my own bad takes. Okay. Are you ready? Bad take number one. Uh, we should just give Joe Manchin whatever he wants. <laughs> just, you know what? What what He doesn't care about the country. He doesn't care about Democrats winning. He doesn't care about helping people. He has all the fucking leverage. So just give in. I know we're not supposed to negotiate with terrorists, but that's just something you say before you figure out how to get them the money to get your aunt out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is the whole we don't negotiate with terrorists thing is a rule that Total exists bullshit. to be broken by people negotiating and paying fucking terrorists. That's right. So what's the bad that's take? That's some realism right there. That's the, that is it. If you, I, I, I'm calling it a bad take to protect myself from the internet because it's my take. <laughs> it's like, how long are we gonna fucking do this? Uh, this connects to my second bad take, which is we got to get Build Back Better done because going to voting rights without first doing Build Back Better is like a plan to make sure Republicans win fair and square. <laughs> <laughs> Can I build off of that? Sure. Here's a bad take. Uh, this is a headline from Nick Kristoff on May 1st, 2021. Joe Biden is electrifying America like FDR. Oh. Now yeah. that could end yeah. up being true. Incomplete. It was a touch. <laughs> it was a touch premature. And I think that speaks to an expectations management problem Mm -hmm. that has become challenging for the administration. Again, I love Joe Biden. I think he's doing well. Um, That's tough. Dan, do you have a take that you want to? I have a couple of takes. One, anything and everything Chuck Schumer ever said about time. (laughs) (laughs) The man doesn't own a watch. Clearly. Other. My other one is one version of this is from The Guardian, but everyone else did it. How Trump not being on Twitter is cramping his style. Turns out. Doesn't need to be on Twitter. Fact, we yeah. may want him back on Twitter. That's a good, that's a hot take right there. Get Trump back on say, Twitter. I got to say, I'm loving the turnaround. <laughs> Once again, you know, look, I've there taken shit for this there in the past. <laughs> I'm glad that Dan Pfeiffer's official position is Vice President Kamala Harris <laughs> oh just damaged our political prospects by fighting so hard to get Trump off of Twitter. That's Dan's view. It's not mine. I just respect such an intense and hot take. Wow. Uh, I got one. I got one. Politico, March 18th. 2021 how ron desantis won the pandemic oh of course which reads quote after 12 months in which he was pilloried as a reckless executive driven more by ideology than science florida has fared no worse and in some ways better than many other states and now here's the associated press in september just just a couple months later florida now has the 11th worst per capita death rate among the 50 states with about one in 400 florida residents dying from covid that's how we won the pandemic right there, guys. Last scene passing the Stop Woke Act or whatever the fuck thing he did yesterday. Oh, my God. It's a terrible yes. government. Also seen that. leading every poll for the Republican yeah. nomination that doesn't include Trump. Yeah, it's tough. Um, this one's from 2020, but I want to grandfather it in. Sure. If, if so ordered. Okay. Uh, there will be no Trump coup. 
a final pre-election case for understanding the president as a noisy weakling, not a budding autocrat. Uh, this is from uh, no, October from. 10th, 2020 by Ross Douthit. Come on, Ross. Come on. Didn't nail that one. I got hey, one. That, I got one similar to that um, from the LA Times. Print that out and, and, and storm the this, Times Bureau. This is from early 2021. This is from uh, David Lauter. Trump's sway over Republican Party fades as end of his term nears. A Senate vote against Trump remains uncertain. What is clear is that the events of the last week have done what four previous years could not break Trump's unquestioned hold over a party that he once conquered but no longer controls. His future now depends on how rapidly his decline accelerates. He has less than a week left. Wish it were true. Wish that one were true. There was this there was a fleeting moment where. Uh. It could have been true. There was that one week. Well, so this isn't a bad take. I don't fault the uh, Jonathan Martin and Maggie Haberman for this. They, but this was a lead of the New York Times in early January after the insurrection. Senator Mitch McConnell has told associates that he believes President Trump committed impeachable offenses and that he's pleased that Democrats are moving to impeach him, believing it will make him it make it easier to purge him from the party, according to people familiar with this thinking. At the same time, Representative Kevin McCarthy of California. Uh, has asked other Republicans whether he should call on Mr. Trump to resign in the aftermath of the riot at the Capitol last week, according to three Republican officials. You had McConnell and McCarthy telling people he should be impeached. He, we're going to call on him to resign. And now look where we are today. Yeah, even it seems as well, look, Kevin, I mean, Kevin McCarthy is just as, you know, as much a spine. I mean, just one of the most despicable and craven and sad figures in all of history. Right. And so, like, he even at that moment read his own party wrong. Even he thought at that moment that that argument was true. For a one fleeting moment, they actually didn't understand just how authoritarian the base had become, like yep. just how That's lost right. the That's base right. was. Uh, Dan, you got any others? Anyone else got any other bad takes they want to? Anything I said that was hopeful? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Tough. <laughs> no, that's hard. Yeah, I have a personal one that I don't think I said publicly because we're not in the predictions business, but uh, you guys all heard it. I was very sure that we would win Virginia. And the reason that I was sure we were in Virginia is not because I thought Terry McAuliffe was a dynamite candidate, um, but because I was like, look, this is a plus 10 state. And, you know, the partisan lean of a state and the demographics of a state should tell you like 90 percent of um, where this state is headed in any given election. And boy, was that fucking wrong. Yeah, I do think one one like er take problem on our side is I think correctly we have focused on like the assaults on democracy we're seeing at every level gerrymandering vote suppression all of that is true but right now even if those weren't issues we have another bigger problem which is we are on track to lose right down the middle fair and square republicans are more popular than democrats yeah. right now and i think we don't spend enough time worrying about that no voter restrictions or gerrymandering problem in a statewide election in virginia absolutely not yeah i got one uh quote yeah, I've been immunized. That was from uh, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and but what he meant by immunized was like, I don't know, rubbing himself with quartz crystals and like juniper oil Oregano or some shit. Oil, yeah. Because, uh, but then he got really haughty about it and said he was in the crosshairs of the woke mob. But before the final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket, I'd like to set the record straight. And then he went on to lie more. I guess he's getting his casket ready because he's not vaccinated. And he's now only trailing DeSantis and polls for the 2024 Republican nomination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spe speaking of speaking of vaccination bad takes, New York Times editorial board in late September, this is no way to end a pandemic, an entire editorial attacking Biden for proposing boosters for all. It's another headline, how the confusing booster shot debacle aligns Biden with Trump's pandemic response. That's Zach Brennan at Endpoint News.
I, like, uh, and here's the thing. You look at experts and like, you know, Zainab Tufetji and some other people were talking about this. In July, it was unclear whether boosters were. In, in July, it was still unclear with mm-hmm. the evidence. Mm-hmm. By September, when Biden announced boosters for all, it was crystal clear. The evidence was crystal clear that boosters for all made sense. And instead, journalists, some journalists at a lot of major publications, including the New York Times, went to find the minority of doctors and scientists that didn't agree and lifted up their voices. The Bullshit. I will say this. I am more angry. Uh, those journalists, fine. Like, there's been a kind of skittishness that's in all of the coverage, especially because, look, we did go through a terrible pandemic. It was the worst case scenario. I get not wanting to be rosy in the event that things don't go as we hope, but I will never forgive uh, the way that the members of that FDA panel handled the booster shot. Can I write down a, a can I read a resolution I wrote yeah, down? Yeah, let's say? do it. <laughs> uh, I want my friend John to go back to having annoyingly detailed knowledge of polling and not of COVID variant incubation periods. <laughs> I want you to go I'm back just to, trying to help. Polling, I'm just trying to help. Coaster. Yeah. Well, what I meant by that is I want everything to go away and everyone's fine. No, I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I appreciate that. I, I need to have less of that too. Hopefully the pandemic will end and so I won't have to think about this anymore. Plus or minus three variants. <laughs> uh, anyone get anything else Here's any, a, any yeah. note that they want to end on I'm just waiting for Omicron to take me um, <laughs> take me now Omicron yeah I had, a, I had a Tucker Carlson quote praising Alex Jones you know called him a far <laughs> Usual better stuff. a far better guy to reality than journalists at NBC News uh, Kendallanian and Margaret Brennan but I think that's a self-evidently garbage take one category of takes uh, that I think I, I will allow me to end on optimistic note is that there's a kind of brand of 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 think piece now that's like we're never going back to normal. Oh. I'm never going to take my fucking that, that mask Atlantic. Off. Yeah, you're yes. calling it the Atlantic, is what you're. Uh, well, there've been several, but that is the most recent. And I have to say, you can take these fucking despairing pieces and just shove them deep, 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 deep within your. This is your uplifting close. Your fucking butts, because <laughs> we're going to go back to normal. I thought, I don't. Yeah. I don't care what you people say. Well, you know what? Like I when I talked to. Um, uh, Vivek Murthy about this for offline. He was like, look, I cannot tell you when the pandemic is going to end, but I can tell you with confidence that we are going to find ways to live with this virus where you can participate in life, see your family and friends, work, do the things that you love. Like that's going to happen. So regular you boosters. That. I thought that was a good way to put Yes, it. but like regular boosters plus this fucking Pfizer pill, like you see the path out and everyone needs to like get comfortable with the path out and like I, the part of this is also political because like man if the democratic party is the party of like everybody be careful the pandemic's not over like next summer like maybe we don't even need a house of representatives anymore jesus <laughs> I, I might a big pharma retreat I, <laughs> stop eating nightshades you guys will be fine enough of nightshades. this ridiculous <laughs> vaccine <laughs> propaganda nonsense yeah is pfizer paying you no actually Unfortunately, um, they won't reply to my emails. I keep trying to get on the board with Scott Gottlieb. <laughs> Scott, is there a space for me on this Pfizer board? These people are amazing. Am I, does this get me a booster faster? Yeah, what does it get you? Yeah, I want to. I'm like an acupuncturist now. I got I got three Pfizer's. I'm gonna get some Moderna for the fucking thing too. Moderna. And honestly, I don't. I don't even. I'm not even scared of J and J. Throw some J and J in there. I don't care. What? I'll get that. Use it as kindling. I think you get Sinovac. Sinovac. Yeah. yeah your taste. What's the Russian one? Like Sputnik. Sputnik. Yeah, Give me none, some, of, yeah. none of them work anymore. Yeah. So it's all Pfizer and Moderna from here on Remember out. Remember when Putin rolled their vaccine out like four months early and everyone's like, wow, this exciting news. Like, uh, I don't think they did trials, guys. <laughs> anyway, does this where we want to end? I guess so. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy uh, New Year. Nick was just a little radio they threw in a space just to get ahead of us. <laughs> it's a lesson. Everyone have a very safe and Asia. happy New Year uh, and uh, be careful out there. And we'll talk to you in January. We'll be back. You bet. Bye, everyone. Bye.
Pod Save America is a Crooked Media production. The executive producer is Michael Martinez. Our senior producer is Andy Gardner-Bernstein. Our producer is Haley Muse, and Olivia Martinez is our associate producer. It's mixed and edited by Andrew Chadwick. Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thanks to Tanya Sominator, Sandy Gerard, Hallie Kiefer, Madison Hallman, and Justine Howe for production support. And to our digital team, Elijah Cohn, Phoebe Bradford, Milo Kim, and Amelia Montooth. Our episodes are uploaded as videos at youtube.com slash crookedmedia. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.